to reviewing Westeros, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO and Sky Atlantic. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is David. How are you today? I'm very well, thanks. Good, good. Uh, we're here to discuss the third to last episode of Game of Thrones, unfortunately, season 8, episode 4, <laughs> The Last of the Starks. There's just two episodes of Game of Thrones left, uh, so that's something to, to think about over the next couple of weeks. Um, what did you think of this episode? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was mm. another solid episode again. Great direction from David Nutter, who uh, he's, he's getting around a bit. He was the guy that uh, also did the Batwoman pilot, which is just picked up as well. He was the director on that. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I thought it was it was brilliant. Uh, you know, you need these kind of downtimes in between large battle sequences because, I mean, last week was pretty much all battle. Next week is probably going to be quite majorly battle stuff possibly the next two episodes actually so uh yeah i i think you need a bit a little bit of kind of a lull but it it felt far more like classic game of thrones i think this week um you know it was there, there was some nice little set piece bits and and little bits of setup and sort of backstabbing and interesting twists and yeah it had a had a lot of really decent juicy stuff this week i thought cool nice yeah i I like this episode a lot um and yeah i mean you've got a situation where like sure you have to build up to some stuff like the build up with what's happening with cersei and then the small uh kind of payoff there obviously there's going to be a bigger payoff in in the next two weeks and i mean we did we got to a situation now where like you've got two episodes left you either build up like spend a small amount of time building up some stories and then uh or some plots like maybe the various stuff because that seems like it's going to go somewhere uh and then you've got you know obviously a battle with cersei the game ball thing with um with uh the, the, the two brothers the, the hound and the mountain yeah and then you've probably well then you just finished the story of game of thrones and that's two episodes um <laughs> i thought this episode had a did this was the i think the first episode of the season where i was questioning a couple of like character decisions but one one thing you always have to remember about tv is that even though people sit down and write these things the people that you're still watching for the most part depending on what show you're watching are humans and they will make human errors and <laughs> and part of yes and part of like when you watch a character make a mistake you do have to remember sure this isn't like real life where people do make mistakes it's still you know written characters that do those sorts of things so even though the small i don't even know if they're necessarily problems but the the character decisions in this episode some of them which are questionable are just simply like okay that was a human making a mistake and it's you know it makes their character i suppose more of a yeah of a human sort of character um but i did find those mistakes kind of interesting as well so um because i mean even if you do have higher up people like uh danny and uh some of the other people making choices some of them aren't going to be good choices and that's just kind of the way that is um and obviously she's got a big choice to make now with the whole you know is she is she, is she going to turn into the mad queen that's been speculated for so many years probably since what like season one or probably even before that when when the books were were being made or were being yeah written and stuff um and i mean like her look at the end and and that sort of stuff uh she's got a decision to make there it's interesting because did, did you see the little trailer for next week episode yes there's yeah. there's no dialogue in it at all um no no there it, isn't so there was some yeah. bits and pieces for last week's one because john's saying like night king's here and stuff uh it is very strange to have an episode of game of thrones now and know that there's there's no white walkers anywhere there's no night king there's no white walkers or whites or anything 
Um, yeah. And it's all sort of, that's all sort of finished. But uh, no, I really like this episode. So, um, and yeah, you do still have to have like, because how realistic would it have been? I mean, they kind of do it in a way if they go straight to King's Landing and try and attack, which is, I guess, what Danny does do. And that's one of her human error decision things. Yes. Um, because she does have the idea of like, okay, we've we've killed this, you know, we've done the uh, is it the Great War they they called it? It's like the, the sort of nickname. Yeah, we, yeah. We've done that, and like now we we just need to go and you know get get my throne basically. Yeah, she's she's sort of impulsive and impatient and has a temper, and that seems to have got the better of her because the sensible thing would have been to do what Sansa said and wait. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, so so she. Yes, I, 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 that seemed like a silly decision to me, but it's understandable. As I, as you said, I think with that, it is a human failing of the character, not a failing of of the writing. You know, it's it's not it's not an issue with how that character is written. I think it's completely within her character to to say no. We're going to go straight for it. We're you know, particularly after. Uh, the incidents that once they get back to Dragonstone, you can sort of, you know, she's kind of going to be full steam ahead at that point. And, but you can sort of see why she was eager to get out of Winterfell, you know, because she was having disagreements with Sansa and she maybe didn't feel particularly welcome there. And she kind of, and she's also, this is the thing she's always wanted. She's always yeah. wanted the Iron Throne. She feels that, yes, yeah, she went there to help John, but sacrificed a lot to do that, you know, and, she's lost dragons and armies and all sorts of things didn't yeah. you know and jorah and... And, and jorah and yeah you know so she lost a lot to do that battle and now she wants to go and and do the thing which she came over here to do which is take the iron throne so you you do sort of feel that that is completely within her character and that sort of impulsiveness but it does also start to make her look uh, slightly more like the Mad Queen, which seems to be the direction they're heading in. Uh, and and that I'm I'm entirely willing to believe that's possibly a misdirect and it won't go that way. But mm-hmm. that's certainly the way that they're setting it up at the moment. Yeah, I mean I have more to say about the Danny vs Cersei stuff, but I think we'll talk about that when we get to the big scene. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Let's take a break and then we'll tell you what else we've been up to. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Okay, so recently on Entertainment Talk, well not quite on Entertainment Talk yet, but as uh, David did point out, Batwoman got uh, ordered to series last night. Uh, it's actually got a cool little teaser trailer out there, but if you did see the Elseworlds crossover last, uh, well last year but this season, because they run for so long, um, on the on the CW shows, uh, she appeared in that crossover and she had a nice little sort of introduction. 
uh, you could say as well. But if you want to see um, the the little teaser and stuff, is on YouTube and that. And obviously the episode's been out there for for months. So uh, that's the it was three episodes, wasn't it? The Elseworlds crossover. So. Um, yes. Yeah, and of course, once you see that, you can listen to the podcast that we did at the time. Uh, it's probably in the CW Superheroes feed and in the in the. I don't think I put it in the Legends feed because that wasn't in there. Uh, but yes. the, other, the other ones that um, they had that for, uh, I put it in those feeds as well. Uh, which also means we'll probably be making a Batwoman feed as well. We do also have a couple of episodes ready to ready to go, sort of with it. Uh, so like when we first talked about her being in in the shows and stuff. Uh, speaking of new podcasts, uh, we launched an, a new one yesterday. It's called the United Cast, and um, we're basically branching out into sports. Uh, I'm a Man United supporter or fan, whatever way you want to phrase that. Some people say it's a different thing, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I launched that, and I basically talked about. Well, I did a launch episode to discuss what it is, what I'll be talking about, that sort of intro stuff, and then I did a first episode where I talked about the mess that is the situation with Paul Pogba. Uh, the new newest manager, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and what he might do in the future. Of course, we don't know because he's the one in charge of the team. Uh, talked about that, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Norwich also got um, promoted from the Championship to the Premier League. So what's, what's the mindset of those players going to be like? Um, and also talked about the um, potential image of Jordan Henderson lifting the Premier League this weekend, which I hope doesn't happen. So uh, there's that as well. Um, and yeah, they absolutely slaughtered Barcelona last night, apparently, which... Uh, yeah, football's unexpected, and it's going to make for some some very interesting discussions going forward with that podcast as well. Um, it isn't out on iTunes yet, although it might be by the time I launch this episode. We're recording it now, obviously, so uh, by the time I finish it and edit it and upload it, um, it might be on iTunes. But once it is, of course, I will tweet out and put on the Facebook page the link to those, uh, the link to the iTunes feed, and then I'll put it on Spotify, and I'll let you guys know when it's on there as well. But it's called the United Cast, and uh, it is it is available on the website at the moment as well, so you can go listen to that. Um, other stuff, speaking of DC superhero shows and everything, um, I think Flash is on episode 20 this week, so that means me and Robert will be back to do another podcast, and I think the week after that, so next week, is going to be uh, Arrow for 7.20, I think, uh, so we'll be having update podcasts for those, uh, but the most recent one is Legends of Tomorrow for 4.12. And we'll be back for the season finale, which will be 4.16, so in just four episodes time. Uh, and yes, like I said, we'll, we'll probably do a Batwoman podcast at the end of the year, uh, or whenever that comes around. Um, so yeah, that's the DC side of stuff. Uh, gaming talk last week, we talked about that Sonic trailer. Uh, they did put out a statement to say they were going to change him, so we discussed that as well. <laughs> we discussed Epic Games purchasing, uh, I think it's called Psyonix, the, the developers behind uh, Rocket League, and the whole situation there. And uh, a bunch of PlayStation stuff as well, because there's still information going around about that. Um, yeah, that's what we've been doing at the moment on entertainmenttalk.org or on podcast platforms. Uh, let's move back to Game of Thrones. Jon Snow honours those uh, killed who fought the dead last week, because there's a big uh, funeral thing. And they are cremated in a, a mass funeral sort of pyre. Uh, I like the way that's sort of done. You put like a load of, um, well, I guess your fellow... Uh, you know, dead dead friends or whatever. You put them all on one kind of thing, and you just burn. The, yeah, well, I mean, burn the whole thing. I think it's kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's not. It's not like you could have dug like a load of right, graves yeah. for it. Although yeah. I wouldn't like to be the person cleaning up after that either, because yeah. <laughs> cause it's not like you're. I mean, you know, you've got to you've got to burn things quite substantially to to get rid of a body. I mean, this makes me sound like a serial killer. Uh, <laughs> but so, uh, so I'm told. So I'm not entirely sure how well you're actually going to get rid of bodies that way. But um, 
I mean, I, you've got to do something with them, and that sort of seems like at least the the maybe sensible thing to do at this at this point. Mm. I, I you can't really, you know, unless you're going to dig some mass pits, it's going to be it, it's certainly going to be easier to bury charred char remains than it is to going to bury like you know uh, full blown bodies. But yeah, I mean, I. It was it was a p- quite a powerful scene that you know just seeing all the bodies laid out and uh, there's some you know John's nice little speech at the start and uh, that that was quite a powerful sort of thing and and you saw each of them you know it was cutting back between sort of the significant people that died and the significant person in their lifestyle so like Jorah and Danny and uh, uh, Sansa and um, Theon and you know all that sort of stuff so yeah I thought that was lovely well really well done mm. yeah because we didn't get to see I like the Sansa Theon thing because we didn't really get to see her like immediate reaction uh, mm. to that last week I mean it happened right at the end of the episode so we didn't we just ran out of time um, but it's nice to see that get some sense of closure as well. And they were, yeah, they were close, and they did go through the whole. Um, was it? It was Ramsay Bolton, wasn't it? So yeah, it was the Ramsay Bolton thing. And and I like the fact that she she went over and pinned the little um, Stark pin mm. on on his body as well. I thought that was that was really sweet, and uh, you know, just just sort of highlighting the fact that he was, although he was Ironborn, he was also a Stark. So yeah, um, I feel like Jon Snow be becomes not became a leader but is becoming more of a leader in this episode there's just certain things like this and him stepping up and doing the speech and and everything like that um, yeah that makes me it does make me wonder about well i mean the biggest question we have left is who's going to sit on the iron throne yeah um but it kind of like puts some question marks around different stuff um i don't know i just noticed some like leadership sort of qualities from him yeah in this episode Which... one of those being I... that sort of thing so. Again, it, it could be this comes back to, you know, the storylines that they're doing with Danny and the storyline they're doing with John. They seem to be pushing John towards the throne and Danny towards being the Mad Queen. Yeah. And I do wonder if that is is what they're genuinely doing or whether that's going to end up being some form of misdirect and and it ends up going in an entirely different direction. And it's either not one of them or it ends up being Danny, not John, or I, I don't know. It's it's very hard to to say because you know I mean we all assumed that John was going to be the person to take out the Night King and then Arya flies out of nowhere and does it. So you know it, it's it's one of those things that I don't know whether that is the way that they're going to go, but that's certainly how they appear to be setting it up. And I, I agree with you. I mean John certainly is looking more kingly as much as he doesn't want it, and you know they are pushing him towards that by the looks of things. Yeah, but we we don't know what's gonna happen yet, so it's interesting. No. Um. Yeah. The survivors hold a victory feast, which is all very fun, and and you know the the calm before the next storm, I suppose. Yeah. Because uh, of course, what happens at the end and everything. Um. Danny uh legitimizes Gendry as a Baratheon and makes him Lord uh of Storms End. Uh, which is quite a nice moment, and everybody sort of yeah. holds a cup or whatever. Does the sort of cheers thing. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's a nice little sort of moment. Are we, we going to mention a specific cup? <laughs> yeah, the, the Starbucks cup. Hilarious. There, there were, I think on Mon- on Monday and Tuesday combined, I think I saw more posts, more like you know internet blog post things like what we do, um, yeah. about the cup than there was about the actual episode. I know. I know. Like instead it- of hey, here's my review of eight oh four, it was hey. 
HBO guy or whoever it was issued statement over Starbucks Cup and Starbucks Cup yeah. said it out of episodes and Starbucks Cup is on the table and there's time travel in in Westeros and I'm, yeah. I was I was kind of blown away by by that. So. It, it was. I mean, I think it was the fact that it was such an obvious. You know, like it it was right in the middle of the shot and. Think of the amount of people that shot had to go through for nobody to spot it. Mm. And, you know, the obviously the director saw it. And, and I mean, it, it was a fairly easy thing to edit out. So it is literally a case of nobody spotted it. You know, there's there's editors I- involved. There's a cinematographer. There's, there's you know, I mean, it, Amelia Clark was sat right in front of the thing and she didn't see it. <laughs> It just uh, it was funny and it made some for some great jokes and they are now saying that every subsequent showing of it will have it edited out but i mean i yeah funny funny that it got that far on a on a show which is so huge and nobody actually spotted it but it's not the first time it happened in a tv show and it's not the last i think there was a downton abbey photo shoot that they did where they were all kind of it was supposed to be a lineup of the shot of all the people in downton abbey like stood against this um fireplace and it was this lovely shot that they did and somebody had left a coffee cup actually on the the window and they released the shot hmm. uh to the press and somebody went hang on a minute why is there a starbucks cup on that <laughs> that shot so i mean it's so easy for them to do but um yes very funny mm. yeah um where was I with this? Uh, yeah, he gets made uh, Lord of Storms, and it is interesting. Like, if you look at the the way culture is done in uh, Westeros and in Game of Thrones, and how culture is done in like 2019, it's just a little thing I noticed. The way he stands up and says, "But I am a bastard," is like, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting the way they, they the way they do those those sorts of things in in Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, but I, nice moment yeah. for him. So. Yeah, no. I mean it was it was nice that Gendry actually, you know, has a legitimate, you know, name now and he's now legitimately a Baratheon. And a c- clever move by Danny in that you know, it, for him to be legitimate, she needs to win the throne and he's going to be forever grateful for that. Mm. So it sort of makes sense, you know, it it legitimizes him and gives her potentially a quite powerful ally so uh i mean i don't know what troops the baratheons have at this point if any but i it sort of makes you know it it makes sense but it also potentially gives her another rival so i but i think by doing that i think she's she's judging that on the basis that it's he's unlikely to try and rise up against her given that she's the person that gave him legitimacy in the first place even though technically you know you could argue that gendry now has a a claim to the throne because he's a baratheon hmm. so yeah it's interesting um but then he goes to propose to Arya, but she declines in in one of the nicest ways i've i've probably seen that happen yeah and um, i mean that that was people going oh it's so sad but i mean it, it's completely predictable i mean that's not out of character yeah, at Arya's all. Arya's not a, a lady Arya's, in, in no. that way. Well, I mean, she, I, I mean, she even says that. So, I would like to see those two together, you know, because I think they yeah. they make a cute couple. But it was never going to be like. I mean, it, it, Arya would be running rings around him if they were together, and she would very much be be managing the 
place if uh, you know managing Storm's end if they ended up together. But Arya's Arya's an assassin. She's not that sort of person. Yeah. Does make me wonder if she's not going to make it to the end of of the show now um, because it means that you know she's not got any attachment and you could potentially have a go out in a blaze of glory, which would be fine. I mean, that would be a, a, as long as she goes taking down Cersei, which, you know, would be one possibility. That would be good. But mm-hmm. uh, I'd, yeah, I don't know. Love to um, see. But yeah, she's never been like a Marjorie type or like a, a Sansa no. sort of type. She's always been, you know, more of a, more of the fighter. I mean, most of this series has been on, on the road and trying to find these people on a list and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah i mean it was a nice way to sort of not even really end the relationship just to say like okay i don't want this part of this relationship she didn't say like no i don't want to marry you and we're over and, and that's it uh it was just you know. no it was it was a nice sort of letdown i mean you know <laughs> it was it was a bit full on of Gendry as well. I mean, he slept with the girl once, and then suddenly, yeah. I love you. I would have proposed you. I mean, I know they've been friends for a while, but really, really, that's a bit kind of uh, full on from from like you know one interaction, really. Um, but I mean, I I like that as well because Arya turns to him and says, "I'm not that type of person," and that's exactly what she said to Ned back in season one. So. You know, it's it's not out of character at all for her. It's exactly what you'd expect from Arya. So yeah, uh, Jamie, Brienne, Tyrion, and Podrick. I like the way Podrick's getting involved in this series a bit more. I know it's in the yeah. final season, but you know they've given him some time to do some stuff. Yeah, which is nice. Um, they play a drinking game based on guessing the truth about uh, each other. Um, Brienne leaves after Tyrion guesses. Uh, she is a virgin, which you shouldn't really ask a, a, a lady yeah. or a knight or anybody like that if if they are. Um, but Tyrion's drunk, so what does what does he know in that moment? Yeah. Uh, Jamie goes to uh, Brienne's room and they get together after a few odd comments about like, oh, the room's hot and uh, <laughs> I can't take off my um. You know, he's was it Jamie was trying to undo yeah. the thing and he's got one hand and whatever and yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought that was kind of a, a funny build up. Yeah. It was very sweet that. Yeah. Um. Do you like? Do you like these two? Together? I mean, yeah, I I do, um, I, and I don't necessarily think it's over between them, unless of course Jamie ends up getting himself killed. But I, you know, it, if he manages to survive, survive to the end, I think he'll end up back with Brienne. Um, I, I mean, it was, it's interesting that, I mean, it was a really tactless thing of Tyrion to do, but he was sort of drunk yes. and. <laughs> I, I I don't know. There was one theory I heard, which was Tyrion actually did it as a way of pushing Jamie towards her, of knowing that Jamie will go after her, and you know, basically thinking, you know, well, Jamie has feelings for her, but he's never going to admit it. Whereas, you know, so doing something like this will make Jamie kind of go to her and and apologize, and you know, maybe something might come from it. Um, because he, Jamie wants to save her, and uh, you know, wants to sort of save her and wants to help her, and and that sort of Jamie, Jamie's like, oh well, she, I can fix that, you know. <laughs> when he, when she says, when it, when it becomes apparent she's a virgin, he's like, oh well, I could do something about that, you know, but not in a kind of, not, you know, it, it's the same way that he did it last week of she's a knight, you know, she's not a knight, but she obviously wants to be a knight. And he's like, well, I can sort that for you. So I, I do wonder whether Tyrion actively thought that way 
Um, Possibly. Yeah. Or whether you're reading kind of more into it, and it was just Tyrion being Tyrion and going back to his sort of old drunken ways and, and being incredibly tactless. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's difficult to say. But um, yeah, I, I thought that what the, the stuff that came after and the Jamie going, oh, it's hot in here. And Jamie, did, that's almost straight like out of, out of a sort of, you know, porn flick setup. Of, right. Oh, it's hot in here. Mitch, let me take my shirt off. You know, um, but it was it was quite funny, and uh, I I so I like that, and I do like the pair of them together. I think they make a really good couple, um, and it's been a it's been a long time coming. It's sort of it's difficult to say. It was difficult to say last week whether it was just straight mutual respect or whether there was something more. And it's it's been very hard to kind of gauge which way they were going to go with that. But I am quite happy that they kind of ended up together. And uh, you know, unfortunately, what happens later is is not quite so good. But uh, but yeah, I'm glad they they ended up together at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, D- Danny honors Arya, but she's not there. Um, so that was kind of interesting. But she's off um, walking or riding with the the Hound to to like, we assume King's Landing. Uh, yeah. But Varys notices uh, Danny's discomfort at the acclaim given to John because she's kind of sitting there on her own. Uh, mm-hmm. Like she's supposed to be the queen, or she, you know, she wants to be the queen, the leader of the Seven Kingdom, or the ruler of the Seven Kingdoms, rather. But John's getting all this talk with uh, Tormund and and all this sort of stuff, and he's he seems to be having a better better time at the party or whatever. Um, uh, yeah, given by by Tormund uh, and the Wildlings, but uh, Danny begs John not to tell anyone about his parentage, but he insists he must tell Arya and Sansa, which we don't see the reaction to. They they cut away from yeah Arya and Sansa, which I thought was uh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a few different beings in there. Firstly, Tormund, the the stuff with Tormund where like Jamie goes chasing after Brienne, and Tormund's like because complaining to the Hand about being heartbroken, and then sort of some woman says, you know, flashes herself at him, and he's like, huh, oh, oh, okay, and like goes off with some other random woman. Yeah. So, uh, I I thought that was that was funny. Um, the 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 interesting stuff with Danny is you know they're all hailing John as this great victor and it it's difficult because you do think that John doesn't John doesn't really want any of that no and he's sort of having all this praise on him and as much as I think he is dedicated to Daenerys Daenerys is quite right if if it becomes apparent that to everybody that John is a legitimate heir to the throne, they, they are more likely to back him because he's one of theirs. You know, the fact that he has the Targaryen name really won't matter to them. He is still very much a Stark. And I mean, John in his actions, he's very much Ned's son, even though he isn't, but he really is. I mean, he's there's a certain naivety to, well, you know, well, I don't want it. You know, when they're having that conversation with about whether you know she begs him not to tell anybody about the parentage mm. and john's like well i don't want it I, you know and she's like it doesn't matter what you want you, you know you'll get forced into it and i think she's entirely right um and i think she was right that he really shouldn't have told aria and sansa you know um but, I mean, not so much Arya, but Sansa's got a big mouth, <laughs> you know. You know, and and she's not the biggest fan of Danny. And you kind of the moment that he told her, you kind of thought that's not going to end well, you know. Um, so I mean, I, I can 
D- Danny was entirely correct in that conversation, I think. Um, mm. But I mean, John's John, so yeah. I mean, you got this train at the moment where, like, okay, I should I should tell tell my sisters so that they know, and then later Tyrion goes up to Sansa and sees that something's up, and um, you know, go, go, obviously she probably told him then, and then like if if somebody else yeah. goes to speak to Tyrion, like Varys or someone goes to speak to Tyrion about John and does he tell somebody and then where does it where does it sort of end you know it's yeah. supposed to be the secret but it's like i'll just tell the, these people and these people and then these yeah people i mean yeah whatever. It, um, that, that was the thing i mean sansa was always going to be the problem there um because the moment i mean aria keeps the secret i think I, there's no reason why aria would you know yeah i don't think she'd I mean, anybody, really. if if Arya hadn't had a proper issue with Daenerys, it it would be you know a, a knife in the back in the middle of the night. You know, I mean, she'd just do it that way. Whereas Sansa will play the more political game, and you knew the moment that she'd been told that she was going to let on to somebody else, and of all the people she lets on to, it's Tyrion, and of course Tyrion tells Varys, and. You know, as we know from the conversation later on, he goes, well, how many people, Varys goes, how many people know? And Tyrion says, oh, well, around eight. And, like, and Varys says, well, it's it's not a secret. It's information at this point. So, you know, it's... I, that that was always going to be a problem. So, yeah, in that conversation where Danny was, was begging John not to say anything, she was absolutely right, you know. It doesn't really matter what John wants at that point. They can they can twist it and force him him into taking the throne to try and take the throne, even if he doesn't want to, because they can make Daenerys seem like the Mad Queen, and unfortunately, this whole process is seemingly setting her up to be that. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're kind of connecting a lot of dots with you know the the Mad Queen kind of set up with with what happens with Masandi and with the dragon and everything mm-hmm. and. With this whole this whole discussion about John and um, the seeming sort of lack of trust between you know Sansa and Danny and then John being sort of in the awkward mix between the two of them yeah uh, so yeah I mean yeah it'll probably well they have to wrap this up in the next two episodes so we'll see what happens with it yeah um, but it's anybody's kind of guessing who might end up on the throne still I mean yeah Cersei what about if Cersei just kills the other people and she just stays on the throne it's uh it's kind of. I mean, that's that's more of a possibility than like the Night King sitting on the throne, which can't happen now anyway. But like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, your your choices really at this point are probably Danny, John, Cersei, maybe Gendry, um, maybe, and like you Sam. know, uh, yeah. Although I I think Sansa's unlikely. I mean, possible, but unlikely. I think. Mm. Um, but that, so those are your sort of main kind of ones, I would guess. Arya wearing a mask, possibly. <laughs> I think that's unlikely. <laughs> um, so I mean, those are your possibilities, really. But um, I, I think you still your biggest likelihoods are Danny or John, or maybe both of them. I mean, that is still a possibility at this point. Yeah. Yeah, if Danny sees that's the only way forward, then maybe maybe that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I think it really just does genuinely depend on Danny's next move if she does just storm King's Landing or what she does. So, uh, speaking of her doing that, D- Danny wishes to storm King's Landing immediately, <laughs> but Sansa disagrees, citing that uh, surviving soldiers uh, 
needs for rest. Uh, Daenerys um, refuses to relent, but and as they agree that John and Sedavos will take uh, the King's Road, uh, while Danny, Danny and her fleet will sail to uh, set sail to Dragonstone. Jamie uh, chooses to remain in Winterfell. Afterwards, uh, Arya, Bran, and Sansa tell John about their mistrust in Danny, and John has Bran tell them about his true parentage, which we don't see. The reaction to because we get cut away from it. Now, Bran somewhat drops John in it at, yeah. uh, at this point because I mean that conversation that he's he's like oh you know you have to swear that you won't say anything and he looks at Bran and Bran goes it's up to you so I, you sort of know that there is a secret out there and these two are your family or these three are your family and Bran has sort of dropped John in it he sort of has to tell them at that point because otherwise they know that john's keeping something fairly substantial from them so i mean he really i guess at that point didn't really have much of a choice he sort of had to say something um i mean he could have lied and give them tell them something else but uh, yeah it's uh, that that was sort of the moment brand said well it's up to you you sort of think, well, well, they're, they're going to nag him until he actually says, you know, uh, tells them whatever it is, because it's obviously something major. So Bran does sort of manage to stick his foot in it by by kind of saying that, although that was partly John's fault for kind of looking at him and going, what, what do you think? So, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. And, and then... The, you had that that earlier interaction which we talked about about you know Danny disagreeing with Sansa and Sansa I think was very much right at that point of of like don't go just storming off to King's Landing I know you're eager to go and do it but you've just lost half your soldiers and they've just fought, fought this huge battle shouldn't they give them you know even if it's just a couple of weeks just to to kind of get through it before they have to march right down across the country to to King's Landing so that would have made rather more sense. Um, I know there are some people talking about the splitting the forces as well, about having half the forces going down the King's Road while half of them go to Dragonstone, I, it, rather than just keeping them all together. I don't know. That, that to me, makes some sense because if you... It's difficult. You've, you've either got the case of you could have... that you know, Cersei could have sent her entire army out to meet, like half of of the army on the king's road and taken them out and that would have solved like one of the problems because she would have i mean we know the armies are pretty much balanced at this point so if cersei had sent everybody out to to take on the group that's on the king's road then you know they probably would have been overwhelmed and lost that uh although that would necessarily have left the keep undefended so i i, I don't know it's it's tricky. I don't think that was necessarily a tactical error to, to split the troops. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I do like the look from Tyrion when... Uh, no, from Danny. sorry. When Tyrion says, like, our objective is to go in and... I can't remember specifically what it says, but it's something like we need to get in and just get Cersei. Mm. And, and instead of, like, you know, essentially burning all of King's Landing, which, King's Landing, which has been the theory and the look from... Danny, which is like, uh, I sort of wanted to 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 just do that instead. Um, I mean, yeah. it, it leads interestingly to the whole, um, what's it, uh, uh, the uh, Tyrion and and Varys thing later, and the whole sort of, you know, we we don't really know what to do about Danny, and it's going to be especially interesting once she 
I mean, it depends specifically where she goes next. But once she has her next conversation with Tyrion and Varys as to like, what do we do? And they see this potentially, you know, mad king who just wants to get on, on Drogon and go and burn the whole thing down. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it really kind of depends what what Danny does next episode. I think that's yeah. going to really adjust a lot of what's what's happening. Because if she just gets straight on Drogon and goes straight for King's Landing or something, uh, or gets like some of her troops or whatever. Um, then that's going to really just, I mean, just change everything. I mean, this is, it's a a clever tactical bit of play by Cersei in that she's taken, you know, common folk and shoved the ball in the keep and he's basically using them as a human meat shield uh, at this point. And I mean, you know, it's a tactic that we've seen used in modern warfare today. And uh, it's not, you know, it's, it's a horrendous thing to do because they think that they're all in there to be safe but really they're there to to stop the enemy potentially attacking um and uh, it's very calculating of cersei to, to do that but again danny is at the point where she, i think she will be prepared to just say well stuff the lot of them if they're prepared to stand behind cersei and you know that's her sort of attitude even though all they're trying to do is make sure that they're staying safe you know um she's happy to go in and just burn the whole thing to the ground and i can see why Tyrion and the rest of them are saying no 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 that's a really bad idea because then you do come across as a tyrant and we've already had a targaryen tyrant and we don't want another one so yeah yeah i mean it it's tricky it is tricky i can i can see why danny's motivated to do that particularly after the events at the end of the episode but it is it, it it's really interesting because you can see both sides of it you can you can understand danny's sort of fury at wanting to to go in guns blazing but you can also understand why Tyrion and the others are saying and particularly varus is are, are kind of trying to urge her to to keep off because she will come across as a tyrant to the population if that's how she takes king's landing is by basically burning alive the people that she's supposed to save so it's yeah it's it's a tricky one and i i don't know exactly how they're going to play that out whether danny's going to get away or whether they're going to manage to talk her out of it i mean that's another question is how much control do they actually have over danny and there's not much stopping her just okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get on drogon and just and just go um, there's not yeah. a whole lot of control there, especially considering you know Tyrion's giving these little conversations to her, and she's giving these looks, and Tyrion just Tyrion and Varys just don't know what to end up doing. So yeah. Um, Although yeah. I mean, I think I think she'd struggle just her her on a dragon, um, given the defenses we've now seen at yeah. King's Landing. Euron I, and everything. Yeah, with uh, well, with Euron and the fact that the uh, those giant crossbow things are, you know, they that they had one of, they now seem to have hundreds, and they're they're all across mm. the battlements and stuff. So um, yeah, I that that I think wouldn't be the most sensible idea to just go flying off on her own. It would have to be some sort of coordinated attack. Um, mm. And uh, which could again yeah. be a part of the whole human error thing of like yeah, her, her, I mean, her just making that misjudgment. So yeah. But then we are heading again down towards the towards the sort of to hell with everything kind of mad queen mm. narrative. Um, I, and as I say, I, I don't trust the writers in that 
they are directing us down that path but i don't necessarily trust that that is where we're going to end up so mm. uh speaking of crossbows but smaller ones uh, Baron <laughs> yeah. arrives to kill jamie and Tyrion. Uh, and accepts their offer of uh, lordship of Highgarden in exchange for for their lives because he was going to kill them or whatever. Yes, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, yeah, that's yeah. We got some other bits in in this paragraph, but I, I I don't know about you, but I just don't really care about Bronn that much. With with the with the with all this big like who's going to live and die and who's going to be on the throne, and then you've got this side plot with like, I mean, it's two two, uh, two big character still really with Jamie and, and Tyrion but I don't know a lot of people seem to uh, like, I, some, like some people do want Bronn on, on like the Iron Throne or want him to have this success oh, well, or whatever yeah, he's, and... he's, not, he's not gonna I mean I don't know it's <laughs> it's difficult with Bronn because it's I do wonder whether that's a set up for them to allow them to kill Bronn because whilst he's been quite a fun character as a sort of sidekick to to Jamie and to Tyrion at various points this again this this little scene sort of shows him in his true colors as he's a sellsword and you know he's turned up at you know at Winterfell pissed off at the pair of them because of the fact that you know they both promised him things neither of them have delivered and he then got stuck with Cersei and doing sort of dirty work for Cersei. Mm. And that's what he ended up doing rather than, you know, and because she's paying the most, but he is a sellsword and that is his main thing. And I, I do wonder whether they're sort of pushing it to, I either they're pushing it for Bronn to, to eventually kill one of them, which I, I think would be a not, the best way to go um or they're pushing it for one of them to maybe kill have to kill bron or bron to die in some other way and us to not care as much because we've seen this side of him where he's basically only interested in the money mm. um yeah and we've always known he's only really been interested in the money but you kind of thought how, journey, so, yeah, yeah and you kind of you kind of thought that that maybe the friendship will win out and the fact that he turns up and doesn't just kill the pair of them and you know he's because Tyrion had always said I oh, will double whatever offer you have and he sort of did offering them Highgarden offering Bronn Highgarden but I I I do wonder whether that little exchange is a way for to remind the audience hey this guy's a sellsword he's not you know he he will he has no loyalty to anybody and he will sell himself to the highest bidder. Therefore you don't need to worry too much about him if we kill him off. And I do wonder whether that's where they're going with it, but we'll have to I, see. I would be fairly disappointed if Bronn kills one of these two and that's how yeah. one of these two goes out. Yeah. Um, so I. But I, I think it would be interesting if one of them took Bronn out, um, like maybe if if he went to kill one of them and then the other one stepped in or or something like that happened. Um, but it, yeah, if, but if him killing one of them is the way one of these two really big characters goes out, um, I think I'll be a bit disappointed with that. So yeah, um, because so Jamie and Tyrion have been big characters from from day one, uh, and Bronn has been kind of I mean he's still a recognizable main big character, but he's not as big as like these two or, or some of the others. Tyrion, so no. yeah, um, but. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It, it depends. Like, I mean, where does he go now? What does he say to Cersei and and that sort of thing? So, um, I mean, would he simply say to Cersei something like, 
I couldn't find them or um well because like he he won't say anything directly not that we'll see he won't say anything directly to Cersei because they're not never in scenes together but um that's also true (laughs) (laughs) for 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 a variety of historical reasons but um uh I I mean I so we're never going to see that and and it's one of those things that I think the writers write around in in that you know Bronn and Cersei are never never on screen together and therefore you whenever anything like this happens you sort of need Kyburn. to put yeah you need Kyburn or you need to push Bronn out the way somewhere so i think this is also an excuse for them for Bronn to disappear for the next episode until the final episode where they resolve this in whatever way they resolve it and whether that's him getting high garden or whether that's you know them screwing him him over and him coming after Jamie or Tyrion and one of them, you know, either one of them killing Bronn or Bronn trying to kill one of them, whatever it is. But I, I think it's a way of getting rid of Bronn for that next episode. So he can just go off into hiding and they don't have to worry about it, you know. Okay. Yep. That's kind of fine. So uh, Arya and uh, the Hound ride for King's Landing together. And this is just. Yes. This was, that was. That was really quite sweet, having just the pair of them, mm. you know, one horseback like they were before, you know, very different characters now. But I, yeah, that was that was nice. Nice to see them riding Joe solo together. Yeah, I didn't I didn't talk about it earlier, but I did find it funny when uh, one of the women goes up to the hound and like tries to like get him or whatever. And he's just like, get off. I'm trying to get off. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So you got Tormund yeah. who's like walking around just kind of getting with anyone. And then the hound is like, you know not wanting anything so yeah i thought that was pretty funny yeah um yeah so they ride to king Landing together and that's um yeah nice and sort of simple as that so um it's interesting to see these two when they do interact considering the history and he's on her list and all that kind of stuff um but i think with kind of last ep- the last episode and i mean it, it was different sort of stakes with the last episode because you know if one of them tried to kill the other then they probably both would have ended up dead because of the high stakes of you know the white walkers and everything yeah. um but yeah it'll be interesting to see if she still does try and kill him or when that would take place or yeah i, I, I would kind of like if i would kind of like if the last person she tries to kill or wants dead is just Cersei and then she kind of leaves it at that a bit maybe yeah I mean I I think I I rather suspect that you know you you're gonna have the Clegane brothers going up against each other and maybe they kill each other and possibly yeah or, or you know they they kill each other or or sons uh, uh, you know um the hound is is kind of mortally wounded and Arya steps in and finishes off the mountain maybe so kind of helps him out maybe you know but they both end up dying that that sort of might be where they're ending up so so you know you know that that would that would be quite satisfying you know for for the mountain maybe kind of he's he's starting to to beat the hound and Arya eventually steps in, you know, just manages to step in, and and they so they almost kind of completely kill each other, and Arya eventually kind of gets in to finish finish them off, and maybe, you know, because uh, you had that thing earlier where she left him to die, and you sort of think maybe if he's kind of mortally injured, maybe she does end up kind of 
finishing um, the hound off as you know maybe she manages to get the mountain and finishes the hound off out of pity or maybe maybe the hound gets the mountain but he's mortally wounded and aria finishes him off i i think it's going to be some com- some sort of combination of that i reckon mm-hmm. you get another uh over the head shot from the mountain and aria's jumping in or something yeah, yeah. that'll be pretty cool uh but no i like that idea so, uh, Sansa tells Tyrion she fears for John in King's Landing and reveals John's uh, parentage to him, kind of, a, b- a bit. Uh, who then tells, uh, or goes to tell Varys. So, you have, again, the train continuing. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, this was, this was so fast as well. I mean, I, I, I know it was pr- probably longer in episode time, but... It, it seemed really quick from John going, you can't tell anybody you've got to swear to secrecy. And then literally almost the next scene, it's like Sansa going, there, there was a great little meme I saw of, of um, Sansa going, Tyrion, you'll never guess what, John's a Targaryen. And it, the, the panel beneath is John going, Sansa, you're still talking to me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, like, it's like no time has passed. Um, I, I mean, yeah, this was always going to happen. Sansa was always going to give it up because she doesn't, they don't trust Danny. Arya is always good at keeping secrets. Sansa, not so much. And of course, the moment Sansa sells Tyrion, Tyrion is, is going to pass this information on to Varys. And I think part of the reason Tyrion has passed that information on to Varys is they're both advisors. And I think he is, as much as he's dedicated and has sworn himself to Daenerys, I think there is this niggling little thought of she's starting to go off the rails uh, and he almost wants something else to happen. I think he knows that John is the right person, but uh, he's still hoping that maybe Danny kind of pulls it around. But I think he, you know, he needs the information to be out there just in case. So, yeah, I mean, as Varys says in that conversation when they're talking in the throne room, um, I mean, <laughs> the other thing as well, is, uh, they've pointed this out in the after show. Yeah, of all the places to have that conversation, the most echoey room in Dragonstone. <laughs> you know, I mean, how do you know that Danny wasn't stood over in a corner and overheard absolutely everything they said? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I like I like that bit as well, where it's like uh, something about, oh, you keep drinking and, and uh, Tyrion just gives him this look of like, yeah. Okay, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, he's, always, he's always drinking. So, uh, I IGN actually did this. Um, I'm not sure how they got their date or or they did, but like the most, the character with the most scenes with cups in their hands, yeah. and uh, Tyrion actually had more than Cersei. Yeah, so. Ty- Tyrion's almost double Cersei. I think I saw that graph yeah. as well. But uh, yeah, Tyrion and Cersei are the biggest drinkers. But uh, which I think we could have always guessed. But yes, Tyrion was practically double Cersei, which was. I mean, Tyrion always has a cup in his hand. So. Mm. Uh, Tormund gathers the wildlings to return north of the wall, and John sends his direwolf ghost kind of with them, and doesn't yeah. say goodbye, and doesn't, yeah. doesn't pet him, doesn't do anything with this, him. Well, this, what are you doing, John? Like, uh, yeah, I, I this I think upset people more than anything else in that episode. Um, with the you know, it, and what is it, some suggestions that maybe the writers aren't dog owners, but uh, yeah, it. Would it have been too much to ask just for John to go over and have a little, you know, nose nuzzle with the dog, or you know, just sort of pet him and say goodbye, or rather than just a sup kind of nod from the other side of the courtyard? I just, 
yeah i that that seemed horribly misjudged really and and i know it's an effect shot and you know because the direwolves are obviously a lot bigger when you have to put a person but it's not like a hugely expensive effect shot um so you could have done something with that i think do you John think, they, do you think they could have done like okay you have the shot of john you have the shot of the direwolf in the in the corner or whatever and then maybe you could have you could cut over to john him walking over and then you could maybe have like have you know kit kneel kneel down and like put put his hands out but if you if if for some sort of budget reason you can't have the direwolf on the screen have a shot of like just facing john's face where he's pretending to like at least say you know you've been a good boy or goodbye or, or something yeah like that. I, and then maybe needed, you can put in like some sort of audio something i think that's the one thing in this episode that was horribly misjudged yeah because I mean, you know, this this thing's kind of saved him multiple times. Yeah, the mm. dog's saved him multiple times. I mean, well, Direwolf has saved him multiple times. They've been close. And, I mean, it's not the first time that John's kind of lost Ghost. I mean, he lost him north of the wall as well. Mm. But they, they seem uh, to have this season had a lot of, if Ghost was in a shot, he's almost like this object on his own. Yeah. Sort of thing. Like, on the screen, he's just completely on his own. And the characters have almost, like, not acknowledged him. It's, yeah, it, it, it's been it, a bit weird the way they've done that. So yeah, yeah. I think I think that was that was misjudged. I mean, I, I I entirely get John sort of saying you know Ghost really should go north with Tormund. That that sort of it does make sense. And you know, he's saying the south is no place for a direwolf and and that that kind of stuff. But I just you wanted to see more of a goodbye between the pair of them than just sort of a a, a nod from across the courtyard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is yeah, just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and John bids farewell to uh, Sam and a pregnant Gilly. At, yes. At this point, it's funny. Like, it, it's almost as if Sam was like, "Hey, we got bored, so we decided to have a child." He's like, "Oh, there's not much to do." And um, yeah, there's yeah, only so it, many it, books you can read. Yeah, and... only so many books, and this happened. It's like, okay, did you did you want this, or did you just get bored and decide to have a have a child? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit strange, but um, yeah, that'll be an interesting thing for. Like the few, I, I, I'm wondering if like at the in in the last like ten minutes of this series, if we're gonna have this, a jump forward, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they do some sort of little time jump and have like, okay, you saw what we set up. Here's some of it like in motion kind of I thing. And, that and you, would be nice. And you see I like mean, Gilly with a child and and all that sort and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it would be but, nice if we got that at the end. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's a fairly common trope, but it would be quite nice just to see. Mm. how everything it's like, settles it's like little shots of everything in, in motion that you know has been sort of yeah. set up so whoever's on the iron throne is doing a bit of leading wherever aria is she's doing that and gindry in his his new new place thing he's he's doing some of that stuff yes. whoever he's married to yes yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah you, you maybe see a bit of that and that's the one way you could kind of give a last bit to, to sam and gilly if they both live because they still could could die i suppose so. well yeah although i think you sort of think they're probably safe at this point because they've stayed up north mm. i mean the other the other thing of course is the wildlings all deciding to go back north and you know people were saying oh well, shouldn't wouldn't the wildlings go and carry on fighting you know they're, they're warriors and stuff but that i i entirely get that you know they, their entire purpose was to protect the north 
and you know the north as far as they're concerned is north of the wall that's you know everything south of the wall is the south to them mm-hmm. so you know they uh, their purpose was to stop the night king and they've done that there's no reason why they get involved in the war of the thrones i don't see you know because i saw a few people being critical of that and i was like well no that makes perfect sense you know they've done what they came down to do and they're going to go back now i mean i know they have a lot of respect for john but the this is this is not their fight it makes perfect sense for them to head back they're not going to want to risk killing themselves over some stupid pointy throne that they have no interest in either way you know they're all going to go back north of the wall that's where they want to be um danny's fleet is attacked by uh euron's ships this is when some of the human error stuff i I talked about comes into play but we'll talk about that in a minute uh, so yeah, they're attacked by Euron's ships, and like you said, they've armored them, or well, not armored themselves. Like they've, you know, got a lot more of those crossbow things, and because they only did have one, and that was set up. I like how that was set up in what, like season six, season five, something like that. Yeah, yeah a long time ago when they had that uh, scene in the um, the dungeon. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's the bit in the intro that you see where it has some of the the crossbow set up, and she was showing quite. Kyburn was showing. Cersei, one of them, and that was setting us up for well for this point. So. Yeah, and we saw that. Yeah, we saw them use it um, to to because they fired at Drogon, I think, in that one battle, and then you know, so we have seen yeah. them. Use oh, that once, was, in, but yeah, was the season seven battle. Yeah, yeah. so we we have seen it used once, and you know, the, the Kyburn had kind of built one of them, but and you sort of think, oh well, that's that's gone now, and then of course they're going to mass produce it. You know, right. it had some effect, <laughs> so. You sort of think, well, yeah, if they if they can kind of perfect it and mass produce it, that that does make some sense. Mm. Although it does, I mean, it is basically a giant crossbow, and you do kind of think if if that, dragons are that vulnerable to giant crossbows, wouldn't somebody have? Why didn't somebody think of that earlier? Because how would Aegon have taken the Seven Kingdoms if just somebody had come up with the idea of a giant <laughs> crossbow? But Anyway, minor yeah. points. Right, yeah. Um yeah, see uh, uh the um yeah, the fleet is attacked by Euron ships, uh who kill Rhaegol pretty quickly, but in yeah. a way that still does make sense. Yes, he got shot in what like the heart and then through the neck and then neck. it just yeah it went and sunk and whatever. So um there's there was a theory that I saw that Kyburn could like dig it out of the ocean and resurrect it. And then I heard Ooh. I heard someone say, um, was it that like they could get the mountain to get some chains and go down there and like pull this dragon up? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah, I mean, <laughs> not not with two episodes to go. I yeah. don't think oh, I think... I've seen some very strange theories on, on online. About yeah, different Game of Thrones. Stuff, I mean, so. it made it made sense for Night King to do that because mm. it literally fell right in front of him. They knew exactly where it was. It was in a small lake and he knew he you know, he had like thousands of thousands of white walkers to pull the thing out. So yeah. I mean it, And he could resurrect it. So Yeah, and he could resurrect it. You know, whereas I think, you know, the the experimentations that got to the mountain are one thing. Trying to do that to a dragon is entirely something else. So no, I don't see that happening at all. Yeah. Um but yeah, it happens pretty quick and I think both the audience and every single character is, is shocked. So Yeah. Uh, not necessarily at the death, but just like, okay, you shot a few bolts, but you did hit it, you did hit it in, you know, two pretty vital, vital areas, and 
yeah. it's dead. So, and and I think particularly as as you know, they've been building Regulars up as as sort of well, he was you know he was knocked down last last week, but yeah, he survived. And then they're like, no, he's got an arrow through the neck. Ah, so yeah, it's um that that was that was kind of surprising. I I was uh, I didn't see that coming. So yes, we're down to one dragon. Yeah, although there's some theories which I'll talk about a bit later as well. So about the fact that one of the I might as well mention it now that I've I brought it up, um, that one of the dra- I can't remember which dragon people were talking about, but one of them might have had some some children or laid some eggs, and those eggs might be oh, well, yeah, hatched or, or something. Yeah. I didn't remember either until people had had mentioned it online. Well, yes, we don't technically know whether the dragons are male or female, do we? So, no. oh, I mean, and I don't know how dragons reproduce. Maybe they they <laughs> kind of you know maybe maybe they don't need to like have other dragons to i mean who knows so um yeah i mean that would be an interesting possibility but but i mean if there are other dragons around then they're not necessarily going to be under nanaru's control Mm. so and i hope no one i I don't think this is really spot well it was released in the in the promo but there's this shot of uh you're on looking at something in the sky now you can't see what this thing is in the sky you can just see the sky itself and he looks a bit more worried than usual now given how confident he was taking out the the one dragon i wonder what that thing he could be that he is seeing. yeah well be... i mean he was yeah i mean it maybe it is maybe it is multiple dragons maybe i mean that would be an interesting twist that we wouldn't necessarily see coming uh maybe it's just the fact that the the bolt thing on his boat isn't working you know the giant crossbow thing on his bolt uh, oh on his God, boat isn't yeah. working and and you know Daenerys has got him. So, uh, although I mean I don't know whether that's how Euron goes out. I I suspect maybe that they take the ships out and he survives. I reckon Yara is going to be the one to take Euron out. I would quite like if I don't know necessarily his death, but I would like him to sort of okay. He sees. Let's say we get two new dragons or something, or even just one. Let's say this. Uh, so let's say there's two that come back, Drogon and and this new one. Um, if they both like swoop down towards him, maybe he misses some shots, or like his his thing does does misfire, or um, something like that happens, and he maybe like starts to panic. Then I would like to see that character panic a bit more, because yeah, like, like given how confident he was, and he's loading these bolts up and taking out a dragon and building his confidence up. If he maybe yeah. got like too cocky and sort of uh, yeah, m- misjudged basically the situation and gets caught yeah. out for that. That would be Euron's, kind of yeah, cool. I mean, I I think that would be good because he, mm. he can he can be a bit of a sort of you know pantomime villain. That <laughs> Euron, he's a sort of budget Jack Sparrow, and uh, right. I, you know, I I or budget Captain Hook or something. I mean, he's it would be nice to see a bit more rather than him just scenery chewing his way through the the show, which is basically what he's been doing up until this point. Um, it would be nice to see a bit of panic and and him kind of running and you know we'll but we'll have to see uh, i i would like as i say i would like yaro to be the one to finally take him down because i think that would be a satisfying end to to him and her sealing her kind of you know throne of the iron islands yeah i, I don't necessarily mind who who kills him but uh i mean if that, somebody needs to kill yeah, him <laughs> somebody will but yeah if if he if he goes out through mistakes basically that would be that would be kind of interesting so um yeah that's that part yeah the human human error thing i was gonna kind of talk about now i don't know if you'll agree necessarily but 
Danny's idea of, okay, I'm going to take these two dragons and, like, fly towards these ships. And then she sees how many crossbow things that they've got. And she still continues towards it. I was kind of thinking in that moment, okay, if you steer away, like, steer your dragons away from this, you can pull them both <laughs> away and have them both survive. But then, yeah. her, but then you kind of see in her eyes she's got that mad queen thing brewing and she wants this throne and you can kind of see all those emotions in that in that look from her i mean see, and then the, she thing, the thing to, to actually it, the, the so. thing to actually do is come at them from the back because yeah. if you come at them from behind those those um yeah, turn around and everything yeah those those crossbows whilst they've got a pivot thing on them if they've got to turn them right round to be facing the other way, unless they've got one on either end of the boat, which I don't think they have, they have one on the front. So if they've got to turn them right round to behind the ship, you've got to basically fire through your own sails to, you know, I mean, that that would be quite a difficult shot. <laughs> so that may be one way to do it. Um, so there are possibilities. I mean, mm-hmm. if she can, if, if they've, depending how the ships are laid out, if she can get behind them, you could potentially have a shot at being able to burn the ships before they can spin around and actually take you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this human error thing I'm thinking about is, is one that makes more sense because you can see the look in her eyes, you know what's been building with her and, yeah. and everything. So And it builds towards you know the end of the episode. So uh, It made sense, but in my eyes it was kind of an error. So, But who knows? If, oh yeah, know. yeah. No, yeah. Uh, later, Varys admits to Tyrion that he thinks uh, John would be a better leader, but Tyrion remains loyal to... Uh, Danny, while he while he continues to drink, so yeah, and um, I mean, as I say, said with this scene, although I think Tyrion, I think Tyrion knows in the back of his mind that John would be a better ruler because, you know, as they said, the person that don't wants it is potentially the better person. But I, it, it is, you know, Tyrion's beat comes so far with Danny, I you can see why he doesn't want to over, you know, doesn't want to abandon her now. But I think he can. You can see that John is probably the better person, but doesn't want to admit it to himself. And I, as I say, I think this is part of the reason why he told Varys in the first place, because he needed to hear that other side of the argument. I think Varys has signed his own death warrant, though, because um, I, I think that conversation, you know, although Darren he didn't hear it, I think Varys is going to overstep a mark and end up getting like burnt alive or, or I, I don't know. But I that, I don't see Varys coming out alive. Yeah, that was one of the questions I was going to ask. Do you think he'll like commit treason, uh, Varys? Yeah, yeah. I probably. think probably. Well, I don't know. It's Varys makes Varys is an interesting character because although he's quite manipulative, he's manipulative for the people of Westeros. His whole thing has been about the people of Westeros, and you know he doesn't serve the crown he serves westeros and he will do what he thinks is right for the country Mm -hmm. um and if that means going against the actions of a king or a queen he will do that i think he may just get himself caught this time and that's going to be the end of him which would be a great shame because i love Varys as a character but i i can i think he might go out trying to do something which he he believes is noble and I think we will see as noble, and maybe it will. You know, if Danny ends up killing Varys in some way, that will sway Tyrion, possibly to, yeah. to backing John, and Danny. Danny will find herself abandoned. So we'll have to see, though. Uh, it is difficult to say. Again, I think it depends on what Danny 
decide yeah. to do next. So. Yeah, because it's very difficult to predict right now. Yeah. Uh, back in Winterfell, Brian tells Jamie about the events in Dragonstone. Jamie leaves for King's Landing to go and see Cersei, uh, despite Brian's tearful plea to uh, stay. Yeah, he's surely going off to kill Cersei and not join her again. Yeah, I, I mean, this is people have been mis uh, reading this both ways, from what I can tell. Um, some people think that he's going off to try and fight for Cersei. My reading of that was. You know, he has this deep connection with Cersei, and and that conversation about I, you know, she's a terrible person. I'm also a terrible person, and you know, he lists off the terrible things that he's done. But everything that he has done has been done for Cersei. Yeah, and we all know he's a better person with Brienne, and we all know that Brienne is the person he should be with. I just think Jamie got in his head that he is the one person that might be able to get through to her, and. I think that is the reason he's going. I don't think it's going to join her. I think it's going, you know, he doesn't want to, at the end of the day, he does still have this deep seated love for Cersei. And, you know, despite her being a terrible human being, I think he's just trying to make sure that she doesn't die unnecessarily. And, you know, he, he's going to go back and try and stop her in whatever way whether that leads to him actually killing her i don't know but i i think he's the one he feels like he's the one person that might be able to do something about it and that's why he's going back i don't think he's going back to say screw you all i'm going back to fight for cersei um because i mean for a start she sent bront to kill them so i mean he knows that he's not in a good books Mm. so i i think it's more a case of um, he go back and i think brianne's worry is the fact that he's gonna go he's gonna die you know cersei will kill him if he goes which is entirely possible as well I yeah. Mean, cersei, yeah cersei may you know if he turns up and euron's there as well euron would have no problem sticking a dagger through the heart of nope. jamie so uh you know and then maybe we'll get neither with the mountain so no yes. well neither would the mountain that is very true if, if Cersei tells him to do it. But Euron's one of the people that, uh, yeah, the mentor will only do it if Cersei orders him to. Euron is more likely to do it of his own accord. So, uh, I don't know, that, uh, you know, where, where that's going to end up. Again, that that's one that's tricky to, to see. I, I very much suspect that he's going back to try and stop Cersei in some way. It's not him going back to fight for her. Uh, and Bri- Brianne's tears are because she knows that may be the last thing, she, she, last time she sees him, and he's why you know and thinks that he's going to go back to die, not because he, he she thinks he's going to go back to fight for her. Yep. Uh, Euron reports his success to Cersei, who reveals that she is pregnant, but lies to Euron by telling him he is the father. Well, we don't know. First of all, we don't know if she's definitely pregnant. That's one one question. Second of all, who is the father? I suppose. Well, we question. we know we know it's Jamie because that right. came up. We we do know that it's if she is pregnant, it is Jamie's because that all happened I'm, before I'm she slept urine. So yeah, if if she's pregnant to begin with, I mean, she might not even be. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of thinking that she isn't. So uh, I I don't know. I I still think she probably is because. It's going to be really awkward if in nine months a baby doesn't appear. But, uh, yeah, I, so. yeah. I mean, not that I think she's going to last that long, but I, I, I suspect that. Yeah, it's true. She might yeah. be good. And I mean, that, that is the other reason, of course, for Jamie going back is he knows that there is a baby there and 
you know, it is. Use that in some way to yeah, play and, with her, just like Tyrion tried to do. Yeah. So, so. Uh, she orders the gates of uh, Red Keep to remain open, making the citizens hostage uh, to a um, yeah, all out assault on the city. Uh, Danny, Tyrion, Varys, Grey Worm, and Drogon arrive at the walls of King's Landing. Um, Cersei and Danny demand each other's surrender. This is an uh, there was another human error sort of decision here, but but I'll I'll talk about that in a minute. And uh, Cersei threatened to kill uh, Masandi, who earlier got ki- uh, yeah captured from the when the boats got destroyed and everything. Mm. Uh, Tyrion asks Cersei to surrender for the sake of her child, but Cersei refuses and does have uh, Masandi beheaded, just like you said with the whole um, go ahead and do it sort of command that she yeah yeah mountain. I think the specific line from Tyrion of your reign is over. I I, I did wonder why he phrased it that way. I mean, th- there might have been the thing of the moment that Tyrion turned up, she might have killed Masandi anyway, and was just wanting to like listen to what Tyrion had to say. But... Yeah, I mean, I I I think I I think she was prepared to listen to Tyrion but she was never going to take anything he said particularly seriously because she's never going to surrender Mm. Um, she doesn't see why she has to she's in a fairly strong position at this point Um, Masandi as we said from last week you know I think there is a fair chance that Masandi will end up getting taken back to wherever it it is that she comes from from by Grey Worm and Grey Worm ends up living his life out in Masandi's sort of home town yeah. as their sort of protector um so i mean we knew we knew that one of them was going to go and and we said last week that maybe miss andy was one that was was going to go so uh I, yeah it's, it's i didn't see any happening this way but i'm not surprised that one of them ended up getting it killed um yeah. there isn't there is an interesting point here of if euron would had any brains about him he would understand through that conversation that Tyrion has with Cersei, that that baby isn't his. Yes. Because <laughs> Tyrion shouldn't know anything about the child because Euron's yeah, only just found timelines. out. Yeah. Because yeah, because Euron's only just found out. So how on earth would Tyrion know? <laughs> so if he'd gone, if he'd actually stood there and gone, hang on a minute. So, but then I suspect Euron isn't all that bright. So he, yeah, he, like maybe that a bit just... of a bit of a cartoon character in a way. He's more sort of. Yeah. Fight than fight than brain. So yes. Um. But yeah, I just think from from the two conversations that I had, well, the one tied the conversation and the one with uh Kyburn, with him saying, "Hey, you know, we we take up one of your dragons. We got all these men on the wall who could probably kill you all right now. Um, and you know, you're you're basically down because of you know all, all mm. the things he just mentioned. And then for him to just walk past and say, like, for Tyrion to then walk past Kyburn and say, "Hey, we ask for your surrender and your reign is over." I kind of just wondered why Tyrion said that, uh, g- g- given the fact I... that, given the fact that Cersei's got a hostage right in front of her as well, and she's clearly got like the upper hand. I just wondered why he said that. I I think I think that's just that's Tyrion, you know, with the all hope, you know, he's he's trying to get her to surrender peacefully because he knows that. If she doesn't, Danny is likely to go in and just massacre everybody. So I think it's I think it's partly that. It's partly that if Cersei surrenders, he might have a chance of keeping her alive. Um, 
because it is still her sister and she is carrying his nephew or mm-hmm. niece or whoever the child whatever the child turns out to be yes so I, I think it's more that I think it's more him trying to appeal to her and and just sort of say you know as you say you know the, she loves her children and she's pregnant and if you do this you're going to yeah entirely kill off the family line so my, my queen might go mad and burn you basically yeah, yeah. I, I so I think it's partly to to stop Danny doing that and not wanting, you know, I, I think there's there's two parts. I think it's him not wanting Danny to go down that mad queen route of just burning everything. And also to try and give Cersei a way out and not having to go into this mass bloodshed. Cause he doesn't really want mass bloodshed. Um, I mean, Missandei was screwed pretty much whatever. I think at, at that point, uh, cause you, you knew the moment she was up there, but she goes out like a baller. I mean, it just goes Dracaris. I, I thought that was a that was a good final last word from her, which yeah. is basically her saying "burn them all," which, yeah, great. She, she might very well do. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Sad to see Miss Hundy go. Um, yeah, she's another uh, another former Hollyoaks actress. So, oh, is she right? Yeah, yeah. I I I don't remember her character because that was before I started watching it. So, right. um, I don't know her. I think she was one of the McQueens because there's like fifty McQueens <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched Holly Oaks in years, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> cool, but I think she was one of those. But I I don't know that. So, um, yeah. So she's gonna have to look for. I mean, they're all gonna have to look for new shows. But uh, yeah, yeah. She unfortunately has to go, and it's interesting to see because Grey Worm has tried to hide more of a human side he's tried to really stay like full-on sort of warrior but him even giving that look of like uh, you know I, I can't look and he turns away was was interesting for for his yeah. character so yeah. um and i mean like a lot of people are going to go to uh not cersei to danny next and say like look what just happened what are you going to do next and i'm sure Varys is going to have an idea uh Tyrion's going to have an idea john will and so will maybe gray worm as well so yeah, um, given, I mean, given what's just happened, so yeah, Grey, Grey Worm's going to be on the Danny side, whatever. But I mean, even more so at this point, and Danny is going to want to go in and just burn the entire place to the ground. I I suspect mm-hmm. uh, Varys is obviously going to be against that. Tyrion, I think he's also going to be against that, but we'll try to be fairly subtle about how he yeah, phrases it. A bit more in the middle, I think. Yeah, uh, and and John, I suspect will be against that because he doesn't he... see a bunch of people die unnecessarily but i mm. think danny will go ahead anyway i mean that certainly seems to be the way that they're heading um but i have to wait and see what happens next week yeah it's really gonna kind of turn the tide either way depending on what yeah danny does next i think so because cersei's just standing there waiting basically yeah so, um she's not in any immediate need to to do anything so no. Uh, and that's the end of the episode. We do, we do have two emails. So let's go through those. Uh, or two bits of feedback. You can send in feedback to Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter at eTalkUK. There's the contact page, which you can click on, and it's got all the options for you as well. But if you don't want to go over there, um, it is also available in your show notes. So just check those. And you don't even have to type the email in. You just click on the email thing in the in the box, and it should take you over to your app, and you can just simply send an email from there. So... Uh, Terry says, so I'm wondering why the dragon was killed so suddenly and to be honest so easily. It's interesting to see that Cersei is quite uh, formidable and that with all of Danny's efforts she's now just got one dragon and not much of an army. It's true. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I... Cersei has effectively just like walked into, not walked into the throne room. She, she did a few things to, 
try and earn it because she did have the whole like shame scene from a few yeah, seasons yeah. ago that was something for her to go through but like it's interesting that effectively she was the only one kind of there and she walked into the throne room and has since essentially just been drinking wine and standing by the windows uh and getting pregnant if she is or not um and danny's been doing all this work for like you know eight seasons and now she's got like like terry says the one dragon and the small bit of the army left and um yeah yeah it's i mean it's, i it's it does it, yeah it does feel like she's got so close to the finish line and it's all starting to slip away from her and that's starting to drive her a bit crazy mm. um yeah so i think that that's kind of interesting um the way that they're playing that uh and i think losing the dragon was was just another part of that and it helps even the odds for the final battle whereas you know danny's the only one on a dragon so um yeah and i i don't i I don't know i mean yes as i said earlier i it's one of those things that that dragon did seem to go down a bit quick and you do think why didn't anybody think of a giant crossbow when aegon was roaming the Mm. you know i mean it's one of those things but uh yeah i i think i i think it it makes sense in the overall scheme of things that but it and it allows for a sort of shocking death Mm. i i would have liked to have seen a bit more of a reaction from danny when that dragon goes down but because she she had to to kind of get herself out of there as well yeah yeah yeah, that is true Mm. and you know she did she did almost do that suicide run against euron so there, there is that and then kind of decides to call it off but it, it, yeah i i, I don't I, know I'm i think it kind just of wondering if she goes decides to do the king landing thing and go there and burn it what she's going to do about those crossbows unless it's simply something like she comes from a different angle or something like you said but uh yeah because she didn't quite anticipate that so yeah to see what she does about that uh benjamin so I think John will end up on the throne. I think Cersei and Danny will end up killing each other through war. Uh, Sansa, Bran, and Arrow will convince John to take it, take the throne. Um, it there is. I don't know necessarily. I mean, it's possible that both Cersei and Danny die. I don't know how they would take out each other through no. war. But uh, unless it's something like the dragon gets shot down and then. So, uh, Danny manages to set fire to Cersei or something. Well, yeah, I mean, see, Danny's Danny's power comes from her armies and the fact yeah. that she has dragons, and that that power is somewhat diminishing. I mean, Cersei's power comes ruling through sort of fear and having the mountain, and you know, neither of them are are fighters directly, really. I mean, you know, Danny kind of managed to hold her own when she was, you know, trapped with uh, Jura last week, but neither of them are actually fighters so they're they're you know they're queens they're they're supposed to be kind of away from the battle i mean although you know unless she's on the back of a dragon you know and she has power that way but you know hand to hand it's not either of their strong point particularly so because right, they're I more the, the negotiators like the Varys or like a Tyrion or a sansa or yeah you know people, she just so. negotiates with her you know intense negotiations with dragonfire usually right. when it comes to danny's side of things so i don't see them directly taking each other out uh i i could see uh i could see jamie taking out cersei i could see Arya taking out cersei um i yeah i so i don't know um it, it's difficult to say wh- how things will end with with danny whether she will end up dead whether she'll end up 
on the throne, whether she'll end up sharing the throne with John, who knows at this point. It's really hard to say. I mean, we're assuming Cersei's probably going to die, but... Um, yeah, unless she does win, which is possible, but... Uh, I think that would be very... I, <laughs> I don't see that happening. Right. That, more that more would... possibility than the Night King sits on the throne, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, it, they've put this show in a really interesting position where we only have two episodes left. There's only a certain amount of things that could happen, unless there's something surprising that we don't know about. But it, it's an interesting position where, like, there's two episodes left of the whole series, and we're, we're still guessing as to certain things that might happen, but it'll be, yeah. like... I might be a bit cliche to say, but by the end of next week's episode, we'll have a much clearer idea of, like, uh, what we might have. We don't know what's going to happen next episode, but they set it up to where, like, literally the next thing that happens, which might be to do with Danny, uh, is going to really kind of clear up some of those some of those answers a bit, possibly. But, mm. yeah, it, somehow they managed to do that with two episodes left, so uh, we should have a yeah. very busy, very packed two episodes left of Game of Thrones. Um, and, yeah, we've only got two episodes left of probably the biggest show would you call this the biggest show of all time uh, yeah it's certainly up there um yeah. you know because it's it's not i mean we've had big shows in the uk you've had big shows in the us it's like breaking bad was a big show in the mm-hmm. us and it's popular over here but it's not like a huge show over here whereas i think game of thrones just worldwide has been this monolith thing yeah. and and there's very few things which have kind of done that i think mm. Yeah, because I remember before the season started, there was people from, like, Germany and France and all different countries saying, like, hey, this Game of Thrones thing is, is coming back. Where can I, like, can I watch it? So it's yeah. it's certainly got that global interest. But, um, yeah. yeah, we'll see you next week, the Panama episode. Uh, and then we'll be back, obviously, the week after for the, the series finale. Yes. Which we've got three of this year. So, yeah. Uh, oh, that's the other thing I forgot to, to mention. The other final season that we're covering is for uh, iZombie. We did do the first episode yeah. uh, on Friday, and we're going to be back for the uh, fifth episode. We're going to do 1, 5, 10, 12, and then we're going to leave 13, the series finale, on it as its own uh, sort of coverage piece uh, when that happens, um, which I think is going to be like the end of July when that wraps up, So if my if right. my math is correct. And if they <laughs> don't take any breaks, who knows, because Gotham took breaks on its final season. So Yeah. You never know with US schedules. But uh, that's what we've got for you for Game of Thrones. Um, thank you very much for listening. You can find all the content that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, of course, remember the new podcasters out there, the, the United cast. Uh, it's going to be very interesting going forward. Um, and yeah, I'll probably do some sort of uh, Premier League season wrap-up next week because the, cause the all the final games will happen at the same time, 3 o'clock on Sunday. I won't have a Sunday podcast, but I'll do one at some point next week to uh, talk about uh, who wins the league and all that kind of stuff. So uh, look out for that. You can find David on geektown.co.uk. Uh, we're in the renewals, cancellations phase and the yes. uh, the, the upfronts and everything. So find out if your favourite shows get picked up, cancelled, renewed, whatever happens. Uh, keep an eye on geektown.co.uk. You did put a specific uh, renewals cancellations page, didn't you? There is uh, one up yeah. there, yeah. You can yeah. go and check out the renewals cancellations page, which we've I've just done the sort of what is probably going to be the last update. Uh, so you can you can see what the chances are. They're all predictions. They're not like, you know, unless it's renewed or definitely cancelled, the, the other predictions are, are not confirmed either way. They're, they are our predictions of where the show might land. Uh, but uh, the, that always throws up some surprises. Most of the renewals cancellations will probably come in by Friday this week. Um, and then all the upfronts for the major networks are next week. So uh, we'll we'll have to see. There's going to be some heartbreak over the next week, I think. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. I only heard that from from one person, so I don't know. But I heard that CW is going to announce their schedule next week. 
Probably yes. Possibly. Yes. So for, I'm guessing that's the October fall. Yeah, uh, that that would be the schedule. the autumn so. fall lineup for the yeah. American so we'll see, So we'll see where exactly they put Batwoman. So yes. Uh, but yes, GeekTown.co.uk, GeekTown Radio, of course, on iTunes, Spotify, and other places. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, support entertainment talk, this Patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk that's where you can go and redeem rewards for reviews of your choice amazon affiliate link you can shop on amazon will get a small cut but it won't cost you anything extra that's by using our affiliate link itunes please write review and subscribe to those feeds and of course uh you know when when the new uh united cast feed gets put onto itunes assuming they'll accept it because i don't think that they wouldn't uh but when that happens uh please write review and subscribe to that one as well if you don't want to review it you can just scroll down and click on the star rating and and send that off to itunes uh, and I'll continue to check that as well. Uh, but if you don't want to mess around with any of that stuff, uh, word of mouth, simply tell your friends, family, people that you know, people that are talking about either Game of Thrones or Avengers or the end of the season or Barcelona losing 4 nils to Liverpool, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, that was really quite remarkable. But um, yeah, if uh, you hear anybody talking about any of that kind of stuff, tell them about the website and the iTunes feeds, uh, social media, share it on Facebook, Twitter. And retweet retweet them on Twitter. Put them in different Facebook groups. Lastly, video games. If you want to watch me, Robert, or David play different video games, me and David have got Twitch streaming channels. And Robert's got one on me. So thank you very much for listening. And we'll see if we've got a Mad Queen next week. Uh, We'll see you (laughs) next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye.